How is it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Yell in a Cell Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Zachary Weinberger, here with JP Acosta. Before we get started, JP, how's it going? It's going great, man. Uh, I mean, Raw was Raw, and everything else was like, yeah, it was great, man. Um, Love this last week of wrestling. We talked about Blood and Guts, which was amazing. Um, I'm excited to talk about everything else that happened this past week. And like JP just said, if you checked out our previous episode, we talked about AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. We made an episode the next day talking about pretty much the ending match, the, the matches before the events that happened that took place. Uh, and we wanted to do a WWE-centric show talking about the WWE shows. We usually kind of group it up, but, you know, we'll see if this is a thing going forward. If we do an AEW Dynamite recap or we do WWE shows in its entirety, also just keep track for other episodes that we release on the channel. Again, just kind of, I'll put this in the start of the video, like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube video, on the YouTube channel, show us the support, and obviously on podcasts and streaming platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're there. So let's talk about this, let's get straight into it, like JP said, we usually, we usually start with Raw, there's always a lot to talk about with Raw, usually <laughs> some good, a lot, maybe more so bad, we'll talk about it, um, and let's just kind of get started, so Basically, they were teasing two title matches um, in this one, and we and the show actually started with Raw with uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions AJ Styles, Nomos, Omos, who we haven't seen since WrestleMania since they won it. So this is our first time seeing it. They, they do a promo, good stuff. You know, listen, I'm a big fan of these guys. I wish we saw them earlier. You know, this is again, it was a couple weeks out um, from WrestleMania, but still they're here. They have a, a rematch with the New Day. Um, and it starts, and I, I, you know, I will say that you know the match was fine, um, but it, you know it wasn't terrible. But to me, I put this on Twitter when we were kind of going through it. It it really seemed like the same formula as WrestleMania, um, and maybe that's just because of Omos. But I, I felt like you know we got it. We saw a lot of Omos kind of destroying to start the match. He tags in Styles. Styles kind of gets isolated by the New Day, and then when he eventually tags tags back in Omos. He just kind of wrecks havoc and then wins. Um, so obviously Asian Styles and Omos ret- retain here. JP thoughts on the match and thoughts on, um, you know, are these guys unstoppable? Are they unbeatable? Um, I definitely think the match was fine. I like the WrestleMania match just about the same as this one, which I thought the WrestleMania match was good. I thought this one was good. Um, I do agree with your point there about how it's kind of the same formula. And I think that's because you can't really do much with almost right now in terms of like I'm, I'm not expecting to be like a in-ring work rate like workhorse like Daniel Bryan or anything but I definitely think they're gonna hold on to those titles for a long time until they can build somebody up or a team up that can like lift almost a la Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant I'm thinking it's gonna mm-hmm. be the Viking Raiders because they're the biggest team in the tag division but um I thought the match was fine. Uh, where the New Day go from here, I don't know. I hope they don't feud with Elias and Jackson Riker anymore. But it's going to be interesting to see where the tag team championships go from here because I think it's going to go straight towards the uh, Viking Raiders. I wouldn't mind seeing the Viking Raiders at all. Um, however, I have a team of mind that the, I've been thinking is the best part of Raw ever since they oh sort boy. of teased it, you know, and we were talking about RK bro. And this is what I will say about RK bro. Um, 
it depends how far they're going to take this thing because I've heard, I mean, again, these are just reports from backstage who know if they're true or not that say that they actually want to make this sort of a thing. I mean, it's, you know, to me, it's their best thing on Ross. I might as well go with it and maybe for a title run. I wouldn't mind that, but JP, I remember you had your uh, sort of qualm saying like, you know, I think Raw is, you know, needs single stars for the main title picture. And I, I know I, I can definitely see that. However, I wouldn't mind seeing RK Bro on a title run. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them as a, have a tag title run. I think it'd be fun, but at the same time, right. once Bobby Lashley beats Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, who else is he going to face? Andrew That's Garza. You gonna bring up Angel no. Garza or like no. Sheamus? Maybe I think Daniel Bryan's probably gonna end up on Raw somehow. Maybe there's your one guy, but I think Raw needs those singles guys. I wouldn't like I, said, I wouldn't mind if RK Bro was kind of like not a tag team like permanently, but like if Matt Riddle has like a tag match against somebody else within a story, he's going to go to Randy first or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of play it within the story instead of like, Oh, we're a permanent tag team. We only do tag team stuff now. Right. Um, I still want to see it. And listen, we, we also saw Randy Orton on the, the Kurt Angle podcast. This is a, a day or two ago, maybe. And he was talking very highly of, of Matt Riddle. So maybe this is the thing they want to go with. Listen, I, 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 I I don't think you, you ruin it. Like, again, I'm being completely honest when I say this. I think it's the best part of Raw. Every time I watch Raw now, I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what the shenanigans of them up to. And we'll get to sort of what, kind of what's going on with that as well. Um, but we move on. AJ Styles, Omos, they uh, they retain their titles. Um, Charlotte Flair and Dana Brooke. So that's the next match here. <laughs> the excitement um, level in your voice just dips so much. So here's here's what's up, right? So, obviously, the week before, we saw Flair and uh, Flair and Mandy Rose fight um, because Sonya Deville, who's pretty much being sort of the uh, kind of the, again, along with Adam Pearce, she's like the official there. And obviously, we said on the show, like, we wouldn't be surprised if there's like a, you know, sort of Adam Pearce goes to SmackDown, you know, Sonya Deville goes yeah. to Raw, whatever. So, she, we, we see maybe she's kind of going into that character. Um, and... She she then it's, you know this week or excuse me last week puts puts in a match against uh, uh Dana Brooke and then after a, after she beats her I mean I don't I mean the match is whatever the match is whatever um after she she says that she deserves a title shot um at WrestleMania Backlash saying she should have got it at WrestleMania whatever she says put me in the match and because I know Sonya you, you you would think that's good for business whatever. Um, and then Sonya Deville says, like, you know, if the men's going to have a triple threat match for their title, I guess the women's can too. So she puts her in the match. Who comes out? It's uh, it's Rhea Ripley. She just says she doesn't, she doesn't deserve a shot. No one likes her. I mean, point taken. Um, Asa comes out, you know, whatever. Uh, there's a scuffle. Um, JP, I'll give my thoughts. I'll hear your thoughts first. Thoughts on Flair. I mean, you could give thoughts on the match between Flair and Brooke if you want to, but more so. Your thoughts on Charlotte Flair being added to this women's championship match at WrestleMania Backlash? The match itself, it was a match. I mean, that's the most I can say about it. It was a match. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was there. I kind of I kind of like that Charlotte strong-arming her way into these matches, these title matches, because it leans into the heel thing. 
it leans into what people on Twitter say about Charlotte, how she's always strong arming in the matches, how they always shoehorn Charlotte in title matches. Now that she's heel, just go, go, just go all in on it and say, yeah, I'm Charlotte Flair. Put me in this match. Okay. Works for me. You're a heel and you do that. So it, it makes sense within the story and within the character for her to keep doing that. Cause that's what Charlotte Flair does. It's very, um, it's very King of Kings, Triple H, in terms of how he kind of forced himself into these big matches or he go backstage or something. Like how he, all, he also forced the first WWE World Heavyweight Champion to be himself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Charlotte is right now. Charlotte is Triple H. So yeah. I don't mind it at all. And plus... Charlotte's really good at wrestling. So anytime you can have a really good wrestler on your pay-per-view, you should take that opportunity. I agree. Listen, I mean, when it comes to the match, I mean, it's a match. Um, but the, obviously I'm talking about the Raw match. But when it comes to her being added into the match, I really don't mind. I don't mind it a lot. I feel like we were, I thought we were going to get this at WrestleMania, to be honest with you. But I think it's before Charlotte really had COVID in real life and then she couldn't be on the card. Um so I don't mind this one bit, actually. I, you know, I, it's better than seeing another rematch between Asuka and Rhea Ripley. You add another thing into there. Um, I would, I would, I'm thinking Rhea Ripley's going to retain, hopefully, and we'll, you she know, we'll have to. a. She has to, she but has we to. said the same thing about her retaining at WrestleMania 36 against Charlotte, and that didn't happen. Um, oh. So we'll see, um, but. Well, and again, we'll have a prediction for wrestling at Backlash. It's one week from um, yesterday. So, I mean, it's under a week. So, we'll have an episode for that. That should be a fun one with those matches. So, I'm excited for the match. It should be a banger. Don't get me wrong. I mean, whatever the winner may be, uh, it should be a banger of a match. So, I'm not really um, mad at it really one bit there. Uh, we move on to Damian Priest and John Morrison. And, uh, I don't know. Listen, we, we've been talking about how we – Really, I'm not a big fan, or both of us, about this sort of. It just keeps going between Damian Priest and and John Morrison and and the Miz. Even if Bad Bunny's not even there, it's just kind of weird, whatever. Um, I will say though, um, this was not a bad match. I, I actually quite enjoyed this. Um, we, we, I feel like I always forget that John Morrison's actually really good. <laughs> so, you know, when he faced off against Damian Priest, was also really good. You're gonna get it. You're gonna get a good match. But obviously, listen, Priest picks up the win here. I thought. Um, this was planting seeds between maybe a split between Miz and Morrison. And I'll just, I'll just tell you why, um, the Miz came out with Morrison and he did a promo sort of talking, you know, talking about, about Priest, whatever, talk about the tomato incident. And I think John Morrison was trying to talk and he cut him off and he was, you know, talking about all about himself sort of thing. So I'm not sure if that, sure if that's what they were trying to do. And then at the end, um, the Miz distracted the referee when Morrison was in a roll of pin. It was, you know, he beat Priest, you know, but it ended up Priest winning. So, JP, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on the match, first of all? And second of all, do you, do you think that they're playing seeds with, between Miz and Morrison, or do you think it's pretty much nothing here? Um, I thought it was a good match, you know. John Morrison, Damian Priest are very good wrestlers. They have good matches. It's honestly crazy how we've forgotten that, like, John Morrison's really good at wrestling. But, like you said... I'm tired of seeing Damian Priest versus Miz Morrison or Miz and Morrison. Like, you won at WrestleMania, bro. 
Like, why are you still fighting them? Yeah. Like, he should be fighting for the U.S. title or the main title. That's another guy who should be fighting for the main title that we forgot because they put him in a feud with The Miz that's gone on too long. So I think it needs to end. Like, if it doesn't end tonight on this Raw or at Backlash, then I don't know when it's going to end. Um, in terms of Miz and Morrison splitting, I mean, yeah, it seems like a viable solution, like a viable thing they could do. But again, with the way the Raw tag division is not very good, they need all the tag teams they can get. So I can see it being kind of a bump in the road, but they're still going to remain as a team, as a group. But I also wouldn't mind or wouldn't be surprised if they broke them up. Yeah, I feel like with the main roster, they really haven't handled uh, tag team split-ups pretty great. Um, so, scare away what that would lead to, but we'll see. Um, but let's go ahead and move on in, on the Raw card. And really a random matchup, honestly. We come back from a commercial break, and they just say, okay, Lucha House Party, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, okay. Um, I didn't see that. They just appeared in the ring. They didn't even tease the match, whatever. Um, not bad match between these two. It was pr- pretty brief, but it ends up Lucha House Party winning. More so that the afterwards is uh, sort of Cedric Alexander being really mad at Shelton Benjamin and just saying, like, you know, what, what have we become? We were all tag team champions. You know, Benjamin, you're really the reason why, you know, the Hurt Business didn't want us, whatever. You're always the weak link. Uh, and then there's he said, basically, we're done as a tag team, and then he leaves. Uh, we catch up with Benjamin earlier, and he says, like, you know, I've been surviving in wrestling. Cedric seems like the guy that won't, whatever. Okay. Um, JP, thoughts on that? I don't know, man, because it felt like a nothing match. Like, it was in between commercial breaks. It was real quick. Lucha House Party got the victory, and we haven't seen Lucha House Party, like, wrestle as a tag team in a good little minute. It just felt like a nothing match until the end. And with matches on main event with high stakes, such as Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet, who've been tearing it up on main event. It just feels like they should have that TV time. But again, you speak a lot about how they've mishandled their tag division and the Hurt Business splitting is the biggest reason like why that's true. Because now that the Hurt Business is not a thing, you got AJ Styles and Omos, the New Day, Viking Raiders, Lucha House Party, Miz and RK Bro, and RK Bro. That's it. Like, I think. That's oh, it. Oh, T Bar and Mace, I guess. Oh shoot, Retribution. Well, not Retribution. Yeah. Not Retribution. I mean, they haven't given us a reason to care about any of these tag teams except for like RK Bro. And I don't even know if they're going to remain a tag team. So they just got to do a better job of booking them and writing for the tag division because it seems a lot like they don't care. Completely agree. Um, Let's go ahead and move on. We get another sort of random match um, that was only set up in one scene. We see Drew Gulak, um, but also it focuses on Angel Garza. He comes in with the Rose, whatever, and Drew Gulak kind of – makes fun of him with the rose. Um, and at the end, Angel Garza says that he's going to stick this rose up your ass. Um, 
and then they're going to meet in the ring. Okay, they have a match. Drew Gillette, Angel Garza. Um, I mean, good stuff. We know these two can go, right? And then, at, but at the end, uh, Gulag, you know, loses, and then Garza takes a rose, and he's he's true to his words. He sticks it up his ass. He kicks it up his ass. I, yeah, he's, but he stuck it. He kicked yeah. it, stuck it, it in his ass. Semantics, whatever. semantics, semantics. So JT, thoughts on this? <laughs> match and well i mean where the hell are we going with this i you know angel garza they've been tr- really trying to feature him in some capacity we saw him give flowers to nia jacks the week before we see this now it's like maybe i think they see something in garza whatever that is i don't know um i mean it wasn't a bad match where we got it was brief though jp thoughts on it oh man uh the match itself was really good this is the stuff that we should be seeing from Raw, where they have so many talented guys. Like, you remember that um, part or that moment um, before WrestleMania where Bobby Lashley goes up to the locker room and says, anybody who could take out Drew McIntyre will get a title shot. And you see all those guys in the locker room. It's Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, Angel Garza. Those guys should be getting spots on television because they can put on good matches. This is a good match. Why'd you have to kick the rose up his ass? Why? 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 It looks so dopey, and it didn't even look like he actually did it. No. So, again, how does that even work? He just put it like, I don't even know. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm actually surprised that they did this match, which is in, in general. I feel like they, they've been trying to – we haven't seen these two guys featured on Raw in so long in their wrestling match. So, I can't. I kind of – I'm okay with this because we saw these two actually get some good television time, I guess. I hope they have a rematch, to be honest with you. We get longer and we can actually get a pretty good match here. It was just kind of random. Again, it was a very random Raw with a lot of things. And we'll talk about another random thing that happened a little later when it comes to the signing of another guy. And he was in a match. We'll talk about it in a bit. Um, but it was just random. And again, like you said, it just – uh he, he stuck it the rose of his ass, but you know, it was just kind of weird. I don't know. Let's move they, on. They, it was weird. Uh, RK Bro, the best part of Raw. They we, we see Elias and Jackson Riker. They're trying to get revenge on the New Day um, backstage by throwing tomatoes at them, and we don't see it on camera. But they're throwing the tomatoes, and then they they don't hit the New Day. The camera pans. They look worried. They hit Randy Orton. And as he's drenched in tomatoes, you see Matt Riddle go in his scooter and says, hey, bro, how's it going? And he sees that he's covered in tomatoes, whatever. So, you know, they're going to get a match together. They have a match. Not a, listen, not a bad match, man. But obviously, who's carrying this match? It's RK Bro. They're really awesome together. And they end up obviously up winning it. It seems like their tag team finishing move sort of thing is, is uh, Randy Orton doing that eight middle apron middle rope apron uh, DDT, which leads into the floating bro for the one, two, three, and, and then they win. Um, so they won again, picking up the wins for RK Bro. That's what I'm saying. They're picking up the wins, you know, they're climbing up the ladder. If there's a ranking system, you know, they'll be climbing it up. Defeating Asian Styles and Owens for the titles. Let's see it, WWE. But no, but seriously, um, thoughts on this match, JP. And um, I don't know, where, where are we going, RK Bro? 
I'm growing to like Matt Riddle more and more each week. And I think it's because of RK Bro segments. And I think the reason I like this so much is because Randy went and found Matt Riddle. You know, it's not like he was saying like, oh, Matt Riddle just showed up. And they were talking like, yeah, I had a tag match in mind. Randy's like, no, I'm going to go find him because we got a tag match. I'm going to go make a tag match so I can get revenge on these guys. That's something I really like now that they're progressing these characters, progressing the story. Randy didn't want to be around Matt Riddle, but now he has to go and like find him and go get him to help him take out some bad guys. It feels like a buddy cop movie. Like you got the good cop and the bad cop, or you got the, the, um, the no-nonsense guy and the fun-loving guy. You know what I mean. It's the, it's the good cop, bad cop, the buddy cop movie. And it's a pretty good buddy cop movie, RK Bro. I'm enjoying it. Listen, ever since before really RK Bro was a thing, it was, it was very steep. It was very shallow of what I wanted. If I was excited for Raw, I would watch Raw. And like, okay, that was Raw. I was never excited for a segment. I used to be excited for the whole Lux Bliss stuff, and I'm just scared of that now. And we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but RK Bro is just something I look forward to every week. And again, rack up these wins, man. And I, again, I hope they say for a long time. And, hope, you know, obviously we think that obviously it's going to end up being Randy Orton turning on him in some sort of way. Who knows for what? Um, I just I just wouldn't mind seeing them as champions. I really wouldn't. I think they would have a good run. Uh, but again, Adrian Sells and Omas are kind of are kind of hot right now. So we'll see where that goes. Um, now, here is one of these random things that happens on Monday Night Raw. We see Adam Pierce have, another, have, have a new signing to Monday Night Raw. It's Mansoor. Okay. Mansoor. His record, 49-0. and 0. They don't mention it throughout the whole night, and I'll tell you why they don't mention it. Um, but they sign a contract, and then Seamus comes in, and I, he seems like he looks at Adam Pierce. He looks at Mansoor, who's like in a suit or whatever, and he says to, me, he says to Adam Pierce, like, oh, you got yourself an assistant or something like that. He's like, no, this is our newest signing. You know, this is Mansoor. Um, and Seamus says, okay, whatever. You know, you, you seem like you're a big shot, whatever. How about you, you, open, you accept my open challenge? Uh, and have a match with me for the United States title. I'm like, okay. So they have a match, and we'll talk about the match in a little bit. But I'm like, okay, 50th win, winning the U.S. title. Sounds good to me. Um, They have a match. And really, it's just shame. It's kind of beating him up the whole time, really. I mean, we see a little bit of Mansoor kind of getting some moments in there. Um, And then so Mansoor goes to the top rope. Seamus brings it down. He lines up for the bro kick. But then he, hits a, but then he, he takes a drop kick from Umberto Carrillo. The ref calls the bell. Technically, Mansoor loses and Sheamus wins via disqualification. What does that mean, you may ask? Mansoor got his first loss. The streak loss. is over. The streak is over via disqualification, Humberto Correa. So, um, I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. Thoughts on this? <laughs> okay. Where do we start? Um, one, I kind of like Mansoor as a wrestler. I think he's pretty fun to watch. The stuff that he does in 12-5 Live is really cool. Two, I understand why I didn't mention the streak because if he's 49-0, and 48 of those wins have come in Saudi Arabia, and they never want to mention Saudi Arabia ever again. Three, I don't know where they're going with this. Is Mansoor going to get a rematch tonight? Is he going to get a rematch at Backlash? What's Seamus going to do at Backlash? Is he going to fight Humberto Carrillo? 
but they're got, they got to go somewhere with this unless they do like a handicap match against Sheamus or like a multi-man match. But there's already a lot of multi-man and women matches on the card already. So I'm not sure where they're going here with this U.S. title. It feels like they need an actual competitive challenger for Sheamus. And that person is either recovering from injury or he's on the horizon of coming back. I think it's Keith Lee, personally. However, um, I hated this with a passion because this guy is 49. Again, they pinned themselves into a corner. They, 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 they did it again. They say, okay, well, this guy's 49 and 0. And just because you didn't mention it doesn't mean the fans don't know. I knew, okay? Uh, everybody knows he has the hype going in 49 and 0. I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, they're putting him in a match with Sheamus. That maybe means they see something in him, possibly. And even after this, there's possibly, you know, you possibly see something there. This guy was 49 and 0. <laughs> and they just decided to lose it, though, because of a disqualification from the face. It makes me hate Alberto Correa, personally. I got to be honest. Um, I just think it was weird. Again, they pin themselves into a corner with this booking here. And again, I just you just kind of destroy a streak like that. And you even mentioned the streak to begin with. I just think it's kind of weird. I'm hoping they see something in this kid, in Mansoor, because again, there's a lot like there's a lot of love, like you say. Um, so hopefully, hopefully so. What were you going to say? And I don't think it helped anybody in terms of building a competitive challenger for Sheamus. Like, the last time we saw Humberto Carrillo, he was getting, like, walked around the ring and outside the ring by Sheamus. He's getting thrown in the barricades. We didn't get to see, them, to see Mansoor actually put up a fight. So now there's no real challenger. And Backlash is literally less than a week away. So I don't know where they're going with this. But <laughs> I will say, before we get to the next segment, did we forget about a debut? Or a video thing that happened near the beginning of Raw with somebody coming back? Who? A, a women's forgot. wrestler? Oh. <laughs> All right. So, I guess, I guess we could talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, they had a clip <laughs> of Eva Marie on a car. And she said the evolution is coming. <laughs> um, here's my thing on this, JP. You release Samoa Joe. You release the Iconics. That's right. A lot of wrestlers. Mickey James. You uh-huh. know, a, lot of, a lot of people were released. Yeah. But you keep Eva Marie. Not keep. They re-signed her. They gave her another contract. They they, they <laughs> negotiated. <laughs> so she's coming back. Um, listen, I, I kind of missed out on Eva Marie, to be honest. I missed out on her. However, when I got back into it, I see everybody talking about Eva Marie. I looked at some of her matches. Um, I thought she wasn't good, <laughs> personally. So they're bringing her back. Listen, she's very, very gorgeous. There's no, there's no, there's nothing about that I can't say. Okay, oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. probably why they kept her. To be honest, I hate to say it. Um, but 
I mean, JP, what's your thoughts? <laughs> to be honest, hey, man. I, mean, I feel like, again, it's, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I don't know what the hell, what the evolution means. I, I, I guess we're going to see Monday. I see her kind of working out with Parker Bardot. If you know who that is, that's the guy people think is the next Brock Lesnar. I, don't, I mean, what, what do you think? Hey, man, however you can get a bag, go chase it. She got the bag, man. I, I can't knock her hustle. I don't know if she's any good or improved. Why to see when she gets in the ring, but right. hey man, chase the bag. That's a, that's all that matters, especially in wrestling where wrestlers don't have a really long shelf life. Get this money as fast as you can. So I mean, congrats to her re-signing. I don't know what it does for the women's division, but like you know, have fun. I I I, I that's a good point. I really don't know what it does for the women's division. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I but that's my thoughts. When I saw it happen, I'm like, oh, okay, you, evolution, cool, whatever the hell that means. They would rather have her come back and her take the evolution thing to do an, another evolution pay per view. You know what you I'm know saying? Crazy. I think they kind of did the same thing for Emma when she was about to come back. I think they called it the evolution. Emma. And then nothing happened. <laughs> like we're still so waiting on the evolution. So maybe it's the same thing here. And if I'm being honest, no offense to Mr. Mr. to Miss Marie. Um, my DMs are open. Um, but you know, um I don't I wouldn't mind if she this thing kind of fizzled out. Um moving on. Thanks for you know, I now I hate that you reminded me of of of, of well, that. It really had, took me. I literally forgot about it. We gotta talk about everything that happened on Raw, the good, the bad, and the even Marie. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we should be seeing more of her. Maybe we'll see another clip of her on the, on a car, looking sexy. I guess. I guess I don't mind that, but still, it, I would like good content. I guess that is good content. I don't know. Let's just move on. Hey, man, um, I liked it. It was quality content to me. I, I guess it was. Talking about bad content, we get another uh, women's tag team title match between Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax versus Naomi and Lana. This sucked, bro. This was <laughs> awful. Okay. I need you do me a favor, JP, if you can. If not, I can do it. The cage match, the runtime of this. I got it. I got it. This you was not even five minutes. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a whole <laughs> 120 seconds. Two minutes. No, it wasn't. It was two minutes flat. What, what is Rod doing? It was the shortest match of the night, I think. This is this was a title match, okay. And listen, it, it didn't even show the dominance of a Shayna Baszler or a Nia Jax. It didn't really help them, you know. Um, but what we saw here again, it just Reginald. Reginald, we see Reginald distracting the ref. Lana was, you know, pinning Baszler. I guess she did or whatever, but Baszler grabs her in a curve for the clutch. Excuse me. And then wins. So they retain. Again, you know, I didn't mind we were seeing this again. They can put on a good match if they really wanted to. But this, again, like you said, it was a whole 120 seconds. The interesting part, I guess, afterwards, they had like a WWE Network, not WWE Network, like a WWE.com exclusive clip or whatever. And it was Naomi being like, you know, being very serious saying like you know we if, if we want to win we have to cheat we have to do something else like that i don't know if that means it's going to be a heel turn or something like that maybe i don't know um we'll see 
I, I mean, I don't see Lana turning heel, which means if they split up this team, literally what team is left in that division? You have Natalia and Tamina and the Riot Squad. They're all SmackDown. Um, yeah, this sucked. Uh, two, two minutes a championship match was. Two minutes. JP, thoughts on this? Um, I don't know, man. It feels like this is the umpteenth time we've seen a variation of Lana and Naomi versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. And I'm checking right now. Um, okay. So since the new year started, we have seen Lana and Naomi fight any variation of Lana of Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. One, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, oh. eight times. Just any variation. And the longest match has been eight minutes. The shortest has been two minutes. It just feels like, man, they, they you got to get some, give them some more time. The match started fine. And then 50 seconds later, it was done. I don't get it. I really don't. Also, were they even the number one contenders for this title? Who the hell is the number one contender? Are Natalia and Tamina the number one contenders? Because I, I feel like Natalia and Tamina are the number one contenders because they did fight like a week before on SmackDown and they talked about being the number one contenders. And Tamina's pinned Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler. I believe that happened. What is going on? Like, not Lana and Naomi haven't pinned Shayna or Nia Jax in a match since. Never. February eighth, when Lana beat Nia Jax in a tables match, the my whole that match. Is, wow, my whole match. All right, let's just move on from this. Here's the thing: the last thing I'll say with this is that every time the women's tag team titles have been featured on WWE television, it's just not good. Please, we need to see new champions. We need to see something, you know. And it's, what's the best thing? We'll talk about SmackDown in a little bit. It's like we saw maybe Shayna Baszler maybe gets are sick and tired of Nia Jax Reginald. She's she's not that anymore. It's just so annoying. Okay, moving on. Before we talk about the main event, we have to talk about another Alexis Playground. And you know what? I'm gonna say this. I think Alexis Playground is the best thing happening on Raw. Am I saying that because I thoroughly enjoy it more than RK Bro? No. Am I saying it because I think Lily is watching and always watching, so I have to make sure I stay on her good side? Absolutely. So, Lily, if you're watching or listening, we appreciate you. Um, don't scare me or my family or my friends. I'd appreciate that. So, so, so here's the thing with the Lexus Playground. I actually don't hate it. I, in fact, when, it, when they tease it and when it happens, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, definitely RK Bro and that. That's kind of the two things I look forward to. Um, but in this in this in this edition of Alexa's Playground, uh, Alexa Bliss says that Lily has her eyes on someone, and whoever that is, God bless them. But we saw a uh, a picture, a screenshot of when it was uh, Sony Deville and Adam Pierce talking, and we saw Lily watching the background. So maybe it's one of them. Maybe oh my god, what if the the reason why there's two there's two GMs 
and uh and and adam pierce goes to smackdown is because lily scares him was so hard that he goes to smackdown instead of raw what if what if <laughs> lily possesses okay i'm sorry real quick i i you know, i just got a notification from instagram that says sasha banks started following you okay but obviously it's a it's a fake account it's like <laughs> sash P- period your heart stopped for a little bit i was like excuse me once again dms are open shoot the dm as soon as it happened even marie and, and, and sasha banks and both of them. Oh, i'm sorry <laughs> what were you saying <laughs> what were you saying um i mean what if what if lily is going to possess um oh my gosh i can't believe i forgot her name <laughs> oh my goodness how did i forget her name what if lily possesses sonia deville and and then that's she's why, the gm lily yeah, is the gm, the GM. Of it's like the anonymous computer but oh, instead it's lily I don't know, man. This is weird. I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. Like I said, I think it's going to lead to Alexa Bliss versus The Fiend, which, oh my God, how? And is it going to be on SummerSlam? That would be hilarious. But <laughs> I'm enjoying so, this segment. I, I just feel like that her, her having her eyes set on The Fiend is too obvious, I feel. You know, and I guess like you know, her being in the background. I know we saw like Ramblin' Rabbit be in the background of some shots when people random people are just talking, whatever. So it just could be nothing. But I feel like it has to be either Adam Pierce or Sony Deville. It seems like, whichever it is, I guess we'll see. Again, I'm intrigued, intrigued where this is going. Um, so, you know, let's keep it going. Again, Alexa Bliss in the role. We said it before. She's great in it. Um, again, I just need some sort of sense of direction and they're at the point there really isn't, but we'll see who this target is for Lily. I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be and once again, weird. every time I see Lily, once again, every time I see Lily, I just want to, I just want to break my TV screen. It's going to um, be real weird if they just move on from this without acknowledging that the fiend was like screwed over by crazy bliss. Literally. I, yeah. I, so I feel ahead. like some, at some point, they're going to have to bring Bray Wyatt back onto television. They had him on there like a couple weeks or like the first week after uh, Monday Night Raw, but I feel like we haven't seen him since, so this could lead to like another character development, which I'm like, I don't know, man. This might be weird, but I'm I'm all for it where it goes. Yeah, so um, we'll see. You know, whatever wherever this leads to, there's Jewel. Did I Jewel parents? Robot Jewel. Yes, Robot Jewel. You want to wear it? Robot Jewel. Okay, go play with. Did you have analysis? Jewel, what do you think of uh, Braun Strowman? Okay, thank you. <laughs> a plus level analysis from Jewel. Jewel Costa right there of by course. Braun Strowman. Um, speaking of Braun Strowman, main event, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Um, they did a flip of the coin to start off the show. Who's going to face Bobby Lashley? Uh, and Braun Strowman won the, won the coin toss. So he gets to face him and they have a match. 
Uh, not not a good, not a bad match whatsoever. Not, it's okay, good one. We did we have seen Strowman and Lash before, um, but we see this one and McIntyre is at commentary. Um, Strowman we kind of skip to the end here and Strowman drops Lashley with an electric chair and then he charges at Lashley at ringside, uh, but he sidesteps and he sends it right into McIntyre and then. While Braun Strowman is arguing with McIntyre, Lashley hits him with a spear for the win. McIntyre comes to the ring, finishes them both off with Claymores, uh, and that's pretty much the ending of Raw there. So once again, not a bad match between Strowman and, and Lashley. It's kind of the same as we've seen before. Um, and McIntyre stands tall at the end of it. Uh, just kind of a little bit starting on our preview for Raw, McIntyre will face Lashley. So JP, thoughts on the match, thoughts on ending. I like the match, man. Um, I'm a huge sucker for big dudes punching each other and throwing each other around the ring. It looks cool. That's what wrestling is was built on. So I think Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman had a pretty good big dude match. Again, I don't know where they're going with this, with having Drew McIntyre face Bobby Lashley tonight because there are going to be shenanigans. There's bound to be shenanigans. This match won't. This match is going to end with a disqualification. For sure. Locked in. 100%. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go with this match at Backlash. Like, I think it's going to be Lashley retaining, but I have zero clue. I I do as well. I think Lashley will be retaining. I mean, again, we'll have a predictions pod before uh, before Sunday. Um, but I, you have to feel that Strowman is just in there and take the pin for someone or be in the mash in the hurt lock, whatever. Um, so we'll see. Um, so going on to the preview for tonight's raw, which starts in, at the time of recording of this in, in over an hour, um, Bobby Lashley will face Drew McIntyre, Oscar, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke will battle Flair, Jax, and Baszler. Uh, and then we'll see the new day team up with RK bro against AJ Styles, Omos, Jackson Riker, and Elias. So listen, so when I hear that, that kind of eight-man tag match, that makes me think, okay, RK-Bro, near, near the champions, here we go. Guns blazing to the moon, as they would say. Um, Dogecoin, please, go back up. Um, so th- excited for any of those matches, JP. Um, obviously, we just talked about McIntyre and, and Lashley, any excitement for the six-woman tag match? Any excitement for the eight-man tag match? I'm excited for the eight-man tag match. I'm a little confused by the six-woman tag match because Charlotte literally did just beat Dana Brooke last week. Like, why are you yeah. teaming with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose? You just beat them like last. I, doesn't it make sense? <laughs> like, what, what, is it, what are we doing? <laughs> She's always What are we like, doing? What are we doing here? That doesn't make sense. She's always putting down everybody else saying she is the opportunity. But now you got a team with a bunch of faces. The bad guys are going to win, I think. I think. I don't know. We'll as see. long as it's not Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Lana and Naomi again for the umpteenth time. <laughs> That's with true. no disrespect hey. to the wrestlers because I think it's fine matches. But I am tired I'm seeing a variation of that match. I'll tell you what, they'll probably interfere. Okay. Because we saw Naomi say, like, we, if we had to interfere, we had, we, had to, we had to get it to them. So 
we'll see what happens. I'm not looking forward to that one. Um, but hopefully the rest of Raw is good. Knowing Raw, maybe not. But hey, I'll tell you what, this Raw was maybe a slight step up from past Raws. Again, not really saying that much, but you had good things in here. Again, some bad. That tag team match was absolutely awful, in my opinion. The Women's Tag Championship match. Um, where, where, did, where does Eva Marie go? I, I don't know. To so the we'll moon. See. No, I don't think that one's going to the Stop moon. Yeah, the camera grinds. To the moon. Well, speaking of camera grinds, let's talk about some, let's talk about NXT, a, a much better show. You know there's people on Twitter, JP, that say that Raw is better than NXT. They gotta be there are people out there. It has to be a bot. That think that. It has to be a bot. It's not. Listen, I, I've seen these people um that have actually criticized NXT in the past for the you know, and some of it I can see, some of it I just don't. I just don't see. But you, you can't go as far. I mean, again, subjective. But you can't go as far as to say that. Obviously, listen. If you like Raw better, all up to you. But you can't say it's significantly better. I just, I just don't see it. Especially this NXT, which we'll talk about. Spoiler: oh. This NXT was great. I, no, I, I no. thought it was a great episode. It was great. And we'll start, and again, it started off with a bang. As we, as we got. Um, actually, we did, it, it, it. I don't think it did start with this match. Um, the way the way this this match starts off actually it is uh, Isaiah's for Scott and um, and Leon Ruff false count anywhere match this this is the I'm I'm gonna say the third time that they um, faced off with each other. I'll take a look on cage match. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Whatever it may be, these two have an awesome match. I, I really had a lot of fun here. Uh, a lot of spots here that really was just like pr- really unique. There's a lot of dynamic spots here. Um, the ending was was very very interesting, and we'll talk about our favorite spots a little later. But um, we see kind of they, they go to the outside where the cameras are, and Leon Roth is about to jump off something, and who catches him? It's it's AJ Francis, okay, former Miami Dolphins player. If you're a Dolphins player, also. Is if you watch most wanted treasures on AE that WB is doing, he's the host there. Um, he catches Leon Ruff, uh, and, and, which sets up Swerve to plant Ruff with it with a GML for the win there. And Swerve has his own like club of people. We see two other people kind of come out who I'm not sure who they are. Maybe if you know, you can tell me. Um, but that's the end of the match. I thought it was awesome. JP, thoughts on this match? Um, thoughts on the ending? This was the third time they faced in a one on one match, corner cage match. Of course, they face each other in the qualifying matches, gauntlet matches. But this is the third time they face each other one-on-one, and this was the best match they've had. It was fan-freaking-tastic. It had the intensity, the moves. One move that stands out to me is Leon Ruff doing a reverse Rana, a springboarding off of the ropes to a reverse Rana off the ropes onto the apron part, like near the entrance ramp. I mean, that looked brutal. I'm glad that Swerve got the win the way he did because I think Isaiah Scott needed a faction to be seen as a legitimate threat as a heel. And that's not like saying, like, he can't be a heel. I'm just saying, like, he's not big enough to be intimidating on his own. So now he's got a hitter, like AJ Francis, and everybody else in his group. It makes for good – it makes for another faction. I will say – NXT is getting real healy with the factions. Because you got Legato del Fantasma, Imperium. You got Isaiah Scott's new faction. You got The Way, 
you need you need a face faction somewhere in there. Well, you guys you don't have you really you don't really need it, but it's very heel dominated. But other than right. that, this match was amazing. Yeah. Again, I really loved it, and I would agree that it was definitely the best match out of the three they had, and those and the other two were really good. Again, um, it's good stuff there, and you, you see a lot of momentum with those two as well. Um, I remember that there's a lot of stuff where, like, we Rope grabbed the toolbox, and I remember one time the Zuss Scott Scott and just, like, chucked it at his head, and Leon Rope, like, dodged. He's like, what's wrong with you? And then they just kind of went back at it. A couple moments like that was great. I think there's one time where uh, Scott – catch rough on, on his arms on like a fireman carry and just threw him right at the apron back first and looked rough uh no pun intended there i, I really made it there was really not a pun there um <laughs> but moving on to the next match cameron grimes phases off against asher hale we think there's a squash matching coming here um but once again you know I, I every every time i tweet this because again cameron grimes hilarious we know this um, and stuff like that, and especially with this kind of new rich gimmick and the whole thing with him and Ted DiBiase, it's great. And we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but he's amazing in the ring. I think I really think that you know if he's in a, a mid card title match or even a main card title match, wherever it may lead him to, he could put on bangers. So he beats he beats uh, Asher Hale and he goes to celebrate. He heads to a, a look to a VIP lounge and he says that you know. Oh yeah, I bought a booth, you know, whatever. And then the, the 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 you know the jumper says, you know, um, oh, but you know, someone someone bought the whole club for the entire night. And then we see it's of course Ted DiBiase. <laughs> and you know, he laughs in his face, he says the line, whatever, and then obviously we see Cameron Grimm's like scream like what William Shiner did with Con Star Trek. He screams Ted DiBiase in the air, and it's like, you know. Um so I mean, give me more of this. I want to see this every week. JP, thoughts on this. I love how NXT turned what could could have potentially been a a flame out in a gimmick, basing it off of stocks, you know, because stocks rise and fall, and they turned it into a a long term mainstay thing. And that's a shout out to Cameron Grimes as well, because he is killing this gimmick, like absolutely killing it. I thought it was interesting, but I didn't know how far it would go. This made him a lot more interesting, in my opinion. And like you said. Cameron Grimes is a really good wrestler. Like, everything he does looks like it hurts, especially the cave-in where he just stomps on you. And then the uh, follow-away moonsault. I, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a thing of beauty every time he does it. I'm a little concerned because there are a lot of – it's kind of log-jammed in the mid-card title, and I think that's because Johnny Gargano's beating everybody. But – I think he's going to be in line for a mid-card title run, especially with this character. And again, the Ted DiBiase stuff is hilarious. They should keep doing it. Turn it into YouTube segments where they're just trying to outbid each other on stuff like Storage Wars. Keep giving me the, that kind of stuff. I think it's hilarious. Um, Cameron Grimes, like I said, I remember when he was Trevor Lee on the Indies, he was super hard hitter. And I remember in NXT when he first got there, it was kind of he didn't have a lot of direction. But now with this gimmick kind of being a (laughs) – it's like Beverly Hillbillies a little bit where he's got all this money now and he's just gone crazy. But I enjoy this so much. And the reason I enjoy it is because it's funny. Like it is legit hilarious. He makes me laugh. 
and he gets like Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase being in on it as well makes it a lot better too. So it gets a thumbs up all around for me. Listen, I think it's I think it's very funny, and uh, it seems like again I need Cameron Grimes to talk about Dogecoin. I know we talked about it a little bit on Twitter. I think it makes for a really good segment. So uh, I'm cool with that for sure. Um, but go ahead and moving on, we'll talk about uh, Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Um, and really, I mean, what more can we say about this? This is a really good match. Uh, again, kind of furthering talking about NXT and their kind of run, uh, especially, uh, you know, in that show. Um, but again, the, the one thing I love about these four guys, and we saw it here, it was that physicality that all these four guys have. And they put, they put it on show here. Uh, a pretty, you know, a lengthy match here. Um, and we get, we did see champion Thatcher kind of actually win here um, to force a submission to get the win here. Again, I, I thought, I thought it was great. And I wouldn't mind seeing either of these guys kind of have a, a title try to MSK. MSK has a, has a lot of competitors that they can face and have a really good title run against. And these two teams kind of show it. Um, so JP thoughts, thoughts on this match? The physicality. Again, like you said, man, this is the reason I was excited for this match. It's the reason I wanted to see it, and they brought it. Tim Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa, some of the hardest hitters in, in, in NXT. Girls Young Veterans are great as a tag team. I definitely think the right team won because now it sets up a new, fresher challenge for MSK. As much as I love MSK versus Girls Young Veterans, they've done it twice or iterations of it twice. I don't think I need to see it again for, for now. But Tommaso Ciampa and Tim Thatcher could be a very interesting matchup stylistically for MSK. But like you said, they got a good set of teams to go up against. They got Legato, who will probably be up next. Their match is going to be great. Tommaso and uh, Tim Thatcher. Imperium, always waiting in the wings. Um, and then you got Grizzly Young Veterans. You can't go wrong. Those are four bangers on the way. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Completely agree. Um, and again, I mean, the, the tag team title picture in, in, in NXT, it, it looks very bright for MSK. And we'll, again, we'll see where it goes. And I wouldn't mind seeing a match with either of these two teams. So uh, moving on, we see Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory kind of interrupt William Regal speeding with Scarlett, actually, to complain about Bronson Reed. Um and attitude era level humor here. We see Austin Theory look down, okay, at Scarlet. Uh, a feature about Scarlet um, that Austin Theory was like, whoa, there's a huge. And she, he was talking really about her nails and the costume. Um, sure, you were, Austin. Sure, you were. Um, but obviously, this set up a match between Austin Theory and Karrion Cross. R.I.P. Austin Theory. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, speaking of Karrion Cross, he comes to the room with Scarlet, and he pretty much talks about kind of the title picture, uh, who's who's kind of there that he can face. Who comes out? Kyle O'Reilly, obviously. He comes out and says, you know, that you know everybody knows this is the match that they want. I think it's the match that you want, Karrion. So let's just do it. Pete Dunn then comes out. He makes his case, saying he's the best technical wrestler in the world, yada, yada, yada. Who interrupts him? A returning Finn Balor, um, who returns. 
and pretty much said that he, you know, he should be the next, you know, NXT champion. And then at, in the middle of the set, he just absolutely hits, you know, belts carrying across the face. A brawl ensues, um, and Cross takes all three men as security like backs up him and Gargano. Excuse me, him and Balor, and then Gargano with theory attack from behind, hit hit a series of super kicks, um, and then they ran out of the arena. One thing during the Gargano thing is that he was looking at the NXT title. And was was really eyeing it after he super kicked Karen Cross, but then took his North American title. So I, the main title picture maybe looking kind of good. We'll see. JP, before I give my thoughts, thoughts on this. I don't know, man. I as much as I love the people involved in this segment, I don't think I like the segment that much. It felt a little bit like too many cooks. I. I get why Finn Balor would want another title shot, but he did just lose. And I really don't like Giant Gargano going for the NXT title. I don't because look, man, he, I think he's got to lose that title first. I, it really just doesn't make sense to me considering because he's beaten everybody else there won't be any new matchups except for maybe like Karrion Cross or Kyle O'Reilly. Maybe a Pete Dunne. But those could be matches for the NXT North American title that they could be having. He's going to lose it, I think. Yeah, he is. But I hope so. But still, <laughs> it feels like they added Giant Gargano where he doesn't need to be considering that the NX, the top of the NXT card is loaded. So I, I feel like we were having this discussion a week or two ago, how the top of the, like the main title picture really isn't the greatest. So for me, I listen, I agree about the segment though. It's a, it was a lot to take in, in a couple minutes. It was a lot. Um, so I agree on that point. I don't mind Gargano going for the world championship just because, listen, um, especially what happened later in the night, um, I think the way is great. And I, I hope the way doesn't break up at any time soon. I think they're awesome. So, you know, having a main champion there, I wouldn't mind. I'm not saying he should win it or anything, though I think he should compete for it. I wouldn't mind that really either. Um, so I, I don't mind Gargano going for the main title, and I don't mind this kind of mini – even the one thing I will say is that they're kind of like overshadowing Bronson Reed. I feel like Bronson Reed may be getting the short end of the stick here as like, okay, Gargano literally had to escape with Austin Theory after, you know, they couldn't even see like his wife and Indy Harwell be in a uh, title match or later. Um, but we'll see where it goes. But I'm a little interested, especially to see like who the hell is carrying Cross going to face next. We thought it was going to be Kyle O'Reilly, but will it be Finn? Pete Dunn's in there. Gargano now is suddenly in the, in the picture. I don't mind. Now I feel like there's there's a lot more people that could compete for the main title. Adam Cole. Adam Cole's still there. He just heavy. lost to Kyle O'Reilly, though. But so? it was unsanctioned. It doesn't count. I, this is the same argument that his wife made on, a, on AEW. Literally the same exact one. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, I'm excited for it. The segment, though, they could have done a, a lot better what the segment could have made, but I don't mind it. It was whatever. Moving on, we get Saray versus Zeta Ramir, who's Zeta Ramir. He did, she did the shooting star press on Tony Storm the week before. 
they had a little cool showcase clip before the the match, talking about the young rising stars, and Zayda Ramirez was there. So I mean, maybe they see something, see something in her. Um, not a bad not a bad match here uh, between Saray and Ramirez, but obviously Saray, we the expected winner, she gets the dub here. Um, and we see um, Saray kind of give respect for Ramirez backstage, and we see Tony Storm trying to break up the show respect, but but obviously Zoe Stark gets in the way um, of that. The I just feel like the Tony what's going on with Tony Storm is kind of weird. She keeps losing. She's just mad. And then she actually cuts a promo, um, I think, later in the episode, kind of talking about how she's going to destroy um, Zoe Stark's career. was like, okay, you said that before. So, I don't know. But the match was fine between Saray and Zeta Ramir. Um, thoughts on that, JP? And then, you know, what's your thoughts on Zoe Stark and, and Tony Storm? I enjoy Saray beating the living daylights out of people. They should do it more. Um, I mean, she's awesome, man. Just the intensity she has with her punches and kicks is unreal. Um, with this Tony Storm and Zoe Stark thing, I'm kind. I kind of get it. It feels a lot like the women's version of Leon Ruff and Swerve Scott, where they don't like each other, and it could lead to a potential false count anywhere match, which I wouldn't mind at all. I think they're fantastic wrestlers but i i do think there needs to be a little more direction for tony storm in terms of her promos because like you said you just said you wanted to destroy zoe stark last week and she's still here so who's the real winner huh right so i enjoyed the segment um it makes sense for tony storm to try and break up the congrats it makes sense for zoe zoe stark to come back and try and beat her up so didn't hate it didn't love it but Saray is awesome yeah we'll see where this goes uh next match LA Knight Jake Atlas and um again another match that we, we, have, we haven't seen Jake Atlas in a long time actually but we do see LA Knight he mocks Jake Atlas on the way to the ring um and the, obviously these two have a match and uh LA Knight wins not, not really anything more to say here I think there's you know <clears throat> excuse me sort of picking up wins for LA Knight and maybe another person that could be in the, in the mid-card title, possibly for Bronson Reed, maybe when he wins it. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But he, he beats Atlas. Not a, not a great match, not a really a bad match. Um, I do like what I'm seeing from LA Knight in the ring because we, you know he's more so known for his you know stuff on the mic. Um, but in the ring, it's not like a huge difference, significant difference like we see with Cameron Grimes. Where like he's amazing in the ring. LA Knight's good in the ring, and we see it here. It's fine. JP, thoughts on that? Uh, I hate to make this comparison, but he's LA Knight is very EC3-ish in terms of where he is in NXT. His promos are great, but his wrestling style is very throwback. A very throwback wrestling style that doesn't always necessarily mesh the same way like a Dexter Loomis wrestling style does. Like, I don't know, just something isn't clicking in the ring with him. I think he needs a Johnny Gargano or a Pete Dunne to kind of like get him up to speed. But it's just something about his wrestling style is it's very throwback to the point where it's slow. I I I'm not saying like I'm not a fan, but I don't think it fits very well on NXT. It'd be great on Raw or SmackDown, 
because his promo ability meshes well and his wrestling style meshes well there. But with NXT, I don't know if it fits. I think it just more so depends who he faces. Like, obviously, you face a guy like Jake Atlas, who's more of a faster sort of wrestler, and I think that's where the match was pretty good. Um, so it really just depends on who he faces. Like, I mean, again, I, I really didn't mind. I wouldn't mind Nelly Knight, Bronson Reed sort of thing. I actually think that could work pretty well. Um, Dexter Loomis in him, like, you know, we were talking about the kind of the old style sort of thing. I'm not sure how that would work. Again, we'll see what happens with Nelly Knight. They, they definitely see something in him. So I, I, I don't, we'll see where it goes. It, that's an interesting comparison to EC3, like you mentioned. Um, so let's go, for, let's kind of transition to what's going to happen on Tuesday for NXT. Um, we're going to see Kushida versus Santos Escobar for the NXT Cruiserweight title. A two out of three falls match. Oh, oh, come on. Come on, man. Five stars already. I don't even have to see the match. I don't even have to see the match. Could we listen? The fact that they're giving him that stipulation means that they see uh, they see a lot in these two. They're giving them that sort of stipulation. So I mean, I'm hyped, you know. So um, again, the NEC Cruiserweight title that's usually the Cruiserweight title is always a title that was never featured so prominently. But and I'm gonna give credit also to Santos Escobar here, but obviously Kushida as well. They're getting a lot of uh, a lot of reputable factors here, so I like it a lot. Uh, and then we're also going to see Mercedes Martinez versus Raquel Gonzalez for the women's title. They had a little kind of face-to-face via satellite sort of thing. Um, that should be good as well. So, JP, you, know, you kind of express your thoughts a little bit, but thoughts on both of those matches. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, Mercedes Martinez is going to be a hoss fight with intensity. I like it. It's a really good first feud for Raquel Gonzalez to kind of – establish herself as the dominant big person in the women's division. Um, like I said, Kushida Santos Escobar, give them guys a ring and 25, 30 minutes, classic. Not even 25. Give them like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Just let them go. Two out of three falls, come on, man. That's that's five stars easily. And like I said, Mercedes Martinez, Raquel Gonzalez is going to be intensity. It's going to be, it's going to be a fight. And I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see either, man. Again, um, I think easily could be not only just one of the best televised WWE matches of the year, but could be one of the best matches of the year. It's, a, it's definitely a contender. Again, two out of three falls match, you could do a lot. Um, we'll definitely, it'll definitely test her endurance, but it seems like, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels and everybody that's involved with the NXT sees a lot of these two. So I'm excited to see it, man. We'll see the endurance factor there. Because that that's always the one thing with two out of three falls match that you see, like I know a great one, was I know they had uh, I think I think Angle and Chris Benoit had one or excuse me Angle and Redacted had one uh, and then Triple H and um, Stone Cold Steve Austin had one that was that was legendary that Stone Cold Steve Austin Triple H one but obviously that third match because you know it always leads to a third match it has to that third match you see sort of a slower sort of pace because there's you know they're tired um, with these two I don't know if they'll be tired it seems like their endurance is crazy so we'll see I can't wait for it. And obviously, Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez. I echo that Mercedes Martinez is the perfect first opponent in the title reign. I think it's right. Moving on. Um, main event time, women's tag team title match, a street fight, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus The Way. Um, and we'll talk about her spots here, but here's the thing. I think I said it on TakeOver that I wanted The Way to be the women's tag team champions. Um, I love The Way. 
I love what's happening with with Candice LeRae and Indy Hardwell, the thing with Dexter Loomis in the background. Um, and in a street fight, I thought to myself, oh my God, are, are they really going to lose again? This is like the fourth straight time, third or fourth, Let's that they check. faced. That they faced. Um, and, and not for just the titles too. This is back to the Dusty Cup, you know, and then they're, you know, they've continued to lose the way. But in a street fight, I'm like, man, are they really going to lose again? Okay. And, um, so how many times? Since the Dusty Classic, they have, there's been a variation of Candice LeRae and Andy Hartwell versus Ember Moon, Shanti Blackheart. One, two, three, three times with a title match including it in those three times. And I, and I think the way has lost all of them. I they think. have. So I was thinking to myself, they, they can't really lose here, right? Even, even though, like, again, like, I feel like with the women's t- tag team titles in NXT, it's been changed a lot. Obviously, since Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez had it first, they lost in the same night. And then, obviously, with this match. But the way it ended up winning this, and I'll tell you what, JP, I love this match. This was probably, that was probably my favorite match from that week. Blood and Guts was great, obviously. Um, but I thought that match was great. And the way it ended up winning here. Um, but again, it's just like, listen, we see the craziness from Shotzi Blacker and Ember Moon. We know that was going to happen. Candice LeRae is Candice LeRae. She's great. I say this every week that Indy Harwell's in the ring, but you see so much improvement from her every single week. And you see it here. She shines in this match. Um, I thought the, the, the last couple minutes of that match were batshit crazy. <laughs> and we, we, again, we, we, we see weapons just absolute, you know, file, you know, filling up the ring and, and, you know, in the outside Blackheart hits a diving senton onto Larray through a ladder. We see Ember Moon ricocheting Harwell off of a corner table with an Alabama slam. Oh. Harwell sets up Blackheart on the ladder and then Candace Array hits a springboard moonsault. Again, we've seen, you know, I feel like Candace Array, people always see Candace Array in, her, in the Indies or like, She's actually crazy herself in these in these hardcore matches. I saw a clip of her taking um I forgot the move's name, but Cedric Alexander's finisher, the lumbar check. She took a <laughs> that was insane. But have you, know, you seen have you seen the super kick with the thumbtacks? No. <laughs> okay, so uh, Candice LeRae and another name redacted indie wrestler are facing the Yum Bucks. I'll tell the- you I'll tell you name redacted off air. But um, oh my god, is it that bad? Okay, but um, they're facing the Young Bucks for the PWG tag titles, uh-huh. and it's a no no rules, no holds barred match. The Young Bucks take a shoe, a wrestling shoe, and it's glued with thumbtacks on the soles. So they put on the shoe, and they super kick Candice LeRae. With the shoe with the thumbtacks on it. How had oh my god, how did the face was her face like bleeding and shit? Like course. Yeah. She, she's she's crazy. It's she's awesome. I, I feel like which I feel like is so funny because she comes out like in the like the butterfly thing, like a fairy, and she's like ruthless in the ring, it's great. Um going back to here. Blackheart jumps off of a jumps. There's a splash <laughs> off of the steel support beam on Hartwell in the announce table. She's becoming like Jeff Hardy levels of okay, 
Let me find the highest thing in this building, and I'm gonna jump off of it. Every time she does like a a suicide dive, I feel like she's gonna die because the landing is always just so so uh, sketchy. You um, can't spell dive without die. Pretty much. So then they're back in the rink, and you see kind of Indy Harwell and Candice LeRae kind of really on fire here. This is one. This is my favorite spot of the night. Indy Hartwell does a springboard mm-hmm. diving elbow drop onto Ember Moon on the table on the outside. That was picture perfect, beautiful. And then you go back in the ring, and it's it's Candice Array doing the Wicked Stepsister onto Shotzi Blackheart, her face right in the chair. One, two, three, we have new champions. I thought this was great. JP, thoughts on this? This match was bananas, man. It was stupendous person I thought really stood out was Indy Hartwell she's gotten so much better since being paired with Candice LeRae um it's credit to her and Candice LeRae and shot Shashi Blackheart and Ember Moon because they've helped her like grow into the competitor that we see now like she calmly walked up to those ropes like she knew what she was doing and just yeah I'm gonna springboard elbow drop through this table like it's nothing it was fantastic the violence was on 100 percent. i say it every time shotzi blackheart is batshit crazy i think you said it she's insane she she could possibly she could possibly be an nxc women's champion and i wouldn't mind it she's got that kind of potential but i honestly like that the way won i've i haven't been on the same train as you as the way should have won the uh women's tag titles earlier but i like that they won here it was a great match and it sets up for more fresher variations of women's tag matches in the future so i loved it personally absolutely and again i just again i wasn't i didn't um watch nxt when candace way first debuted but i just realized again this is her this is candace ray's first nxt championship um long overdue oh yeah long overdue so Again, I, I feel like they should have a good title ring with this unless um, – I know that this Bleacher Report article kind of uh, credits like she could have the, her own Gargano curse sort of thing. Um, I really hope it doesn't happen. I, I really hope that they have the title for a very long time here. Again, the way they won it was absolutely insane. That is a match that, you know, probably one of my personal favorite matches of the year. We'll have to see where it is. Um, it was good stuff, man. Good stuff from NXT this week. This was a very strong episode of NXT. Going to SmackDown, a retro episode of SmackDown. We'll talk about the retro stuff and see if we dug it or not. I'll let, you know, whatever. Because, listen, they had the SmackDown logo from the 90s when it first debuted. But then the WWE logo is from the early 90s and the 80s, late 80s. Um, it was interesting and whatever. So the opening, we get Roman Reigns kicking off the show. And once again, okay, um, and the themes, the, his new theme song is, is a banger. I've been asking if it's going to be on Spotify. It was on Spotify today, so we're good there. Um, it's great, great stuff. And they come, so it comes to the ring. And actually, before Michael Cole's rocking his old look um, from the '90s, and JR also rocked this look too with a jean jacket and yep. and stuff like that. And Pat McAfee shaving up, looking like Vince McMahon, from when he commentated. Um, and I think they mentioned that too. He was like, "I'm built. I'm, I'm dressed like a billionaire," sort of thing. So. Uh, so Roman Reigns comes to the ring, Paul Heyman, Jey Uso, you know, and they say, you know, we're, we're, we're to celebrate 
Daniel Bryan's wrestling career here. We're going to do our own 10, 10, uh, 10 ring salute, bell salute for Daniel Bryan. And Paul Heyman does the dings. The most disrespectful it, thing I've seen in a long time. It actually got Roman to break. Like he yeah, you saw Roman laughing. Laugh and it, he did close the final. It was kind of, it was really funny. Um, and again, he just said he's a man of his word. You know, he sent Brian Packen. You know, you didn't have to see him again. He says, you know, they got rid of him and we're going to replace him. And who does he replace him with? Jimmy Uso comes back. He's back from injury. Um, he was injured, I want to say, in rest, again, WrestleMania 36 in that triple threat ladder match for the tag team titles. So it's been gone a long time. He so, was so he back for back. a little bit. I thought he was going to be back for good at Hell in a Cell, but it turned right. out he was still injured. But he was still injured there, yeah. Um, and again, they they embrace. He embraced his brother. They 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 hug for a long time. Obviously, he daps up his um uh, his cousin Roman uh, until Cesaro interrupts. What happens here? He takes the exception. He says, "No one could ever replace Daniel Bryan. Not even." He says, "No offense to Jimmy, but he no one could replace him." And then as he's continuing to talk, Seth Rollins attacks him from behind. And then Teddy Long appears, you know, obviously legendary GM for SmackDown. And he says, um, he reveals that according to Adam Pierce, if Cesaro beats Rollins, he will challenge Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash. Um, before we get to that match, any thoughts on the, I thought the opening was great. Obviously, pure fire promo from Roman Reigns. We know this already from Roman Reigns. I don't think we need to say every week that he's in his element. Best shit of his career. Um, the 10 bell salute was phenomenal. The most disrespectful thing I've seen in a long time. Um, and the whole thing with Jimmy, man, it, it, it adds so much more. We'll talk about what's going on with Jimmy throughout the episode, but thoughts on this opening, JP? Roman Reigns doesn't miss. Paul Heyman doesn't miss. The 10 bell salute thing, like you said, was the most disrespectful thing I've seen this year. Like, come on, man. How are you going to tribute somebody who not one not even dead two and he's just gonna do the things <laughs> yourself and what was funniest to me was paul Heyman was going ding he's like looking at the camera staring at the camera he's, he's like so intense and roman's just like dying laughing but jimmy Uso coming back i love it because the best tag team in the world is now fully back together as a team yes i said it i will stand by it the usos are the best tag team in the world but this segment, they knocked it out the park. It's always great to see Teddy Long. Any segment that has Teddy Long in it is always a win. The Usos, the best tag team in the world right now. I can't disagree. Because even when I left wrestling, watching wrestling for a little bit, I had a little hiatus, and they were wrestling. They were awesome. They were absolutely awesome. Um, so you're saying, and again, I agree with you if, you're, if you mean this, because I know everybody loves the Young Bucks. Are they better than the Young Bucks? They are better than the Young Bucks. And I, I can explain why. Because the Young Bucks have great matches, but a lot of their matches are the same. Like, they don't change their matches fitting to the feud. Like, and I, say, I think we've brought this up before. When they fought MJF and Jericho, they bloodied MJ, Matt and Nick Jackson's father. And they they're, starting off, father. they're starting off with a collar elbow tie-up cartwheel drop kick. <laughs> nah, man. If we're in a fight, I'm trying to kill you. I'm not going with a Colorado tie-up. I'm not doing arm drags or anything. The Usos can fight different styles. Like, they can have a match, 
but they can also fight and they can, they bring a different intensity to matches that the young bucks just don't bring like i bring it up all the time their hell in the cell match with the new day is my favorite tag team match of all time because of the intensity the fire that they bring to it and you just can't match it their their intensity that they bring to every match whether it's hell in a cell Iron Man, two out of three falls, or just a regular match. They can do different styles. They have different fights. And that's the thing that separates the Usos from the New Day. The, the new, not the New Day, Young Bucks. The Young Bucks have great matches. The Usos have great matches and great fights. The Young Bucks don't have great fights. I think for me personally, it's, I, by the way, I agree with you. I mean, I, I would rather watch the Usos than the Young Bucks, and I don't care if that's a hot take or no. I don't know. Um, and, and I can already see if people comment, they're going to be like, oh, there'll be shells. We're really not, bro. But like, um, I just think that the Ustos can work a story better, especially in the ring. And again, like you said, I was very hyped for that match against MGF and Jericho at Revolution. I was there. And the match, the match was really good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I think you said it maybe, and I said it was ill as well. It was a Young Bucks match, a, a, a typical Young Bucks match. It, that, that should have been a blood feud. They almost killed their father. And like you said, they're starting off in a technical wrestling. You're like, no. Okay. Um, so I agree. So, um, but moving on. I also think own. the Usos might be a little bit better of a promo because they, just sound, they sound real when like they're cutting promos. Well, I think especially now, because since we've seen Jay come into his own since Jimmy's been injured, Absolutely. Um, it seems that obviously when, when Matt and Nick get on the mic, it's obviously they're not terrible, but they're not, they're not that great. Again, we'll just, they're overrated. I'm sorry. We're going to get that. We're going to get killed for this. I don't think they're overrated. I think they're a top five tag team in the world. I think they're top two. They're sure. just not, they're just not number one. Oh, but, but here's the thing, right? So when I say overrated, I've seen people say that the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team in wrestling ever. Okay. Ever? So. Ever. Okay, so yes, they're overrated. If I if I if I hear that, yeah, they're overrated for sure. Um, but no, I mean no hate towards them. They're fine. They're great. Yeah. Like, again, like you said, they're, they're one of the best actors in the world. Are they the best? We don't we me and you don't think so. No. Um Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Speaking of great wrestling, um, once again, uh they they put on a really good match here. I wouldn't say it reached the level personally of the WrestleMania match but still really good stuff here. Um, at the end, it was very interesting because we kind of saw the Usos kind of get involved. Again, it's, you seem that um, Roman Reigns doesn't want Cesaro to win. He doesn't want to face him at WrestleMania Backlash. So they're trying all of they can by doing it. Um, so Rollins sends Cesaro to the floor and refused any assistance from the Usos. He, he says, I, I don't, I'm not Roman Reigns. I don't need your help. And Jimmy Uso rocks Rollins with a super kick, only for Cesaro to wipe him out at ringside. Um, and then obviously back in the ring, a, a roll. By the way, that roll-in neutralizer, what Cesaro did, beautiful. He plans him for the win. Um, and then we see Reigns just pissed off watching the match. So great match, JP. Thoughts on the match, and we'll we'll um, talk about how Rollins responds a little later. But thoughts on the match? Hey man. Another great match. I mean, I can't name a bad Seth Rollins match. In ring, he doesn't have bad matches. 
maybe like the Fiend, the Hell in a Cell Fiend match was very over gimmicked and overbooked. But outside of that, he don't have bad matches. Cesaro getting the win here was kind of obvious, but the match itself was great. I love the Usos interference in this because at their at their peak, what their what their job is is to make Roman's life easier, kayfabe wise. But Jimmy is looking out for his brother. That's where his loyalties lie. So him super kicking Seth when Seth should have been the one to win, it makes sense because Jimmy's putting Jay's Jay's well-being over Roman because that's his brother. Of course they're going to do that. But I love everything that's going on right now. There's so many moving parts, but they all make sense within the story that's being told. And again, everything that's been, ever since he won the title at Payback, you know, um, everything involving Roman Reigns has not been bad. And especially when you look at what's happening here, he's going to face his WrestleMania backlash and possibly the future, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, it, it looks, the future just looks bright for his reign as a title. Again, you, you think about future opponents and we'll talk about one a little later. Um, and by the way, that match at WrestleMania backlash, it's going to slap. That could be a match of the year contender. I don't know. It's, it's, it, it could be great for sure. We'll talk about a couple backstage segments here. First of all, we see uh, Teddy Long and Sonya Deville, and Teddy Long is acting as a uh, sort of a her side. I guess Adam Pearce is in there tonight. Um, and we see Sami Zayn say, like, oh, you know, um, I'm glad you're here. You're, you're kind of outside of the WWE establishment. He says he wants, the, he wants the Intercontinental Championship back from Paula Cruz. And what does Teddy Long do? Of course, he says, you know, you're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker, of course. Um, and then Sammy says, oh, well, he's retired. And he says, or King Booker, also retired. Um, and then he says, there's going to be a 10-man tag team match later. It's going to be Sami Zayn, Paula Cruz, um, Dolph Ziggler, and Ruder in that. And missing one. Hold on. I think and, you got it. Hold on. So it was – let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Okay, I got it. Apollo Cruz, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, and Otis. Versus Big E, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the Street Profits. So that's gonna be later tonight. Um, so, so that and that's what we get from there. These are these are these are the the, uh, the backstage so that we really want to talk about here. Seth Rollins confronts Roman Reigns, and he says, you know, talking about how he's gonna that how, you know his cousins cost him the win, and he th- he threatened Reigns. He, he says, you know, I'm not if you don't take care of your family, I will. And then they stare at each other, and then. He walks away. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about what that can mean. Obviously, afterwards, we see um, Roman Reigns say, like, he's going to. And he talks to Jimmy. Um, and he says, like, you know, I want to give you the same opportunities, whatever. But Jimmy was his stance is right. He's like, you know, I see the way you're, you're treating my brother. I, I'm, I'm no bitch. You know? Yes, sir. When he said that, I'm like, okay. Talk that talk. That's great. Um, so let's give our thoughts on that. First of all, that segment with Jimmy. So again, I just, I think it's great. And, um, we'll talk about how Jimmy sort of has his reasons why he's not going to be talked to Roman Reigns like that a little later, which we'll talk about Seth Rollins though. I think it's inevitable at this point that we're going to see Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns for the title. Give me all of it, please. Okay. Um, and I, I think that is a match that you can have, because I heard that SummerSlam might be the first pay-per-view they have back with fans. 
that's a SummerSlam match right there. So um, give me all of it. And obviously I think that we'll see Seth Rollins turn face if, if that's possible, I think. Um, so I, I, I can't wait for that. I think that's gonna, oh, that's, that's gonna be amazing. Um, when it comes to Jimmy Uso stuff, so, so again, th- JP thoughts on the Seth Rollins stuff. And again, thoughts on the Jimmy Uso stuff. I loved all of this because first I'll start with Seth Rollins. Seth doesn't see Roman as the head of the table or the tribal chief. He sees him as the shield little brother. That's what he's always going to see him as. You want to see him as the member of the shield. So of course, Seth Rollins being the guy that he was, he was the first member of the shield to win a big title. Of course, he's going to go to Roman Reigns demand that this get fixed or he's going to fix it himself. And then Roman going back there and seeming like, hey, I'm going to try and fix this now. It shows a little bit of deference to Seth Rollins. Like he's deferring to him. Dude, I love Jimmy Uso, especially for that segment. Because him saying I ain't no bitch, give me all of that. Because that's the logical thing to say. Of course, you're going to stick up for your brother because that's his priority number one. When Roman was running around with the Shield, the Usos were by themselves. They were working with each other. They weren't working with Roman at that point. So, of course, he's going to stick up for his brother because that's the that's his first priority. Then Roman. I love all of this. Every single thing about it. Like, this is exactly what they need. Imagine having, imagine bringing long-term like pass stuff up with the shield, family bloodline, like real life stuff, and bring it together in coherent moving part storylines that set up two potential rivalries with Roman versus Jimmy and Roman versus Seth Rollins. Like imagine having multiple contenders at the same time through one story. Imagine having coherent stories. Imagine if Raw was this good. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine, listen, even SmackDown as a whole, right? I mean, I, I feel like the whole thing that's happening with Roman is honestly carrying SmackDown. And what he says is true, to be honest, what, what, when Roman says it. Uh, sounds like a bad guy, but it's true. Um, again, it, this, is, this is amazing professional wrestling television that's happening right now with Roman Reigns. And especially how, like, again, not only are we excited about what's happening right now, the whole thing with Cesaro. But we could pop, but the future again, like you said, looks bright. We were just talking about the whole Rollins thing. That could be amazing. Jimmy, that could be amazing. We'll see where it goes. Again, every Friday is a must watch because of this sort of stuff. So we move on. We get to Ruby Riot versus Carmella. And uh, Ruby Riot, accompanied by Liv Morgan, which I mean, listen, bro. Um, we talked about Eva Marie. Okay. We, we talked about Sasha Banks. I mean, if I don't tell me you're gonna push Eva Marie evolution, but not push the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan especially. I love Ruby Riot, but Liv Morgan looks like a star in the making. Maybe that's just because I'm I'm a I'm a SIMP for her, but that's not that's not I don't think that's the reason. But um, hey man, but, own up to it. I I feel you. I I'm in the same boat. She she looked she looked great on Friday. So they have a match Ruby Riot and um and Carmella and you know whatever it's, it's whatever match. I it felt brief. You know it didn't really seem like a long match at all. But 
Um, I know that Ruby Wright dominated the beginning of it, but then obviously there was a, I will, I'll tell you what, there was a nice ending where they were kind of treating pinning predicaments and then Carmelo turned that into the code of silence. I actually thought that was the best part of that match. I thought that was really cool, actually. Uh, and then Carmella earns the win. So they're kind of setting her up possibly to be maybe after Bailey, another opponent for Bianca, which I don't mind seeing that at all. So I, I don't mind what they set up here. The match was fine. JP, thoughts on it? Um, it was all right. I, I don't hate it. The one thing I do hate is, yeah, the match was brief. You want to know why? Why? It went two minutes and 15 seconds. That is that is longer than the women's tag team title match. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It gets it gets better. 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 Does it really get better, JP? Does okay. It... Okay. There were two combined women's matches. I guess we can call it women's matches. I'm not really sure what to call it. There were two combined women's matches on SmackDown yesterday. On not, not yesterday, but Friday. They went about four minutes and 25 seconds total of a two-hour show. Like, come on, man. You, if you want us to care about the stories you want, you're telling, you have to give them more time on the show. We care about the wrestlers, but give, give them a good story. Or it was a, to work it, with. It, it, just kind of building up on that, kind of piggybacking up that point. Is that we get banger matches at the pay per view, like when we saw WrestleMania. You know, we well, I'll bring up back up Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. The build up wasn't that great. I mean, even after Reginald kind of disappeared from that story, it was they didn't give them a lot of time on television. But again, at WrestleMania, had a banger match. Same thing with Rhea Ripley and Asuka. And again, we'll see a banger, hopefully triple threat match for the Rollins title. We're gonna see a banger match between probably Bailey and Bianca Belair, but like the setup is not great. Um. And I, I just feel like, you know, again, I'm liking the banger matches, but this is not enough for the evolution of the women's wrestling. Again, you, you have a great roster. Use it, please. Um, you, you, can, you can find a way to balance it. That's all I'm saying. So I, I completely agree. Uh, so afterwards, uh, we get Bailey doing a promo talking about the past uh, people on SmackDown, you know, throughout the, throughout the years. Um, talking about Alundra Blaze, she mentioned she mentioned Jacqueline in there. How she wants she's the only woman to hold the, the cruiserweight title. Cool, cool thing to mention there. And then she brings up herself, obviously, and then also Bianca Belair saying how you know she's not gonna be like you know uh, like herself, but she'll be good. But she's gonna be her first and her last opponent in her first title reign. So um, Bianca Belair comes out says she's gonna be the but that her, listen that her goal is gonna be to be the longest. Women's champion, champion smacked in history. Obviously, Bailey is, so she's mad about that. Bailey laughs, and they try to take her down. But Bianca blocks it, and then she throws her around. She's trying to take her for earrings, but Bailey finds that avenue and stops it. And that's when she does that. Um, I don't know what that move is called, but she does this move where she like plants the opponent's face right into the ground using her knees. Uh, good looking move. Um, and Bailey gets the last laugh there. So, thoughts on that, JP? Um, it's not unlike promos that we've seen before from Bailey concerning Bianca Belair. I think the match is going to slap a great first opponent for Bianca Belair because the match is going to be amazing, but nothing out of the usual. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Again, it's excited for that match at a, at a wrestling backlist for sure. So we'll talk about the next match. It's going to be Dominic Mysterio um, taking off Dolph Ziggler, but the match is supposed to be Rey Mysterio first. Uh, taking on Dolph Ziggler 
in the throwback SmackDown, but eventually, you know, when he comes to the ring and Dolph Ziggler cuts a promo, and he just kind of teases pretty much and mocks Dominic the whole time for being young, saying that his father's the guy he wants to face, whatever. Um, and then, so he pretty much pokes front the idea of Dominic being a wrestler on the level of his father. And then Dominic says, you know what, you know what? I want to be in this match. So he, he, um, he takes it, they have a match together. Um, and I was actually pretty excited for it, to be honest with you, because, I mean, if I want a guy to kind of wrestle with me and put me, put me you know, on a high pedestal, it's going to be Dolph Ziggler, because his selling ability is crazy. Um, so it ends up, it, with, with a, it only lasts, again, a couple minutes, two minutes. Um, Mysterio catches Ziggler with an inside cradle for the win. I didn't mind it. I honestly wish the match went a little longer. I got to be honest. I'm not sure it's because of the time constraints or whatever. Um, but he gets up the win. And again, the Mysterials are going to face Ziggler and Root for the tag team titles at WrestleMania Backlash. I got to be honest, please. <laughs> I, wanna, I, I really, really want to see the Mysterials win. Now, I'll explain my reasoning, but JP, thoughts on the match. And do you feel the same way as me, or do you feel that Ziggler and Rude are going to retain it and then maybe the Street Profits might uh, it's Real quick, real quick. The reason why I think the Mysterials are going to win here just so the Usos get faces to win. Because I think, you know, I think the Usos are going to be tag team champions with Roman being the universal champion. I think it's bound to happen. So I can see this being likely in competitors. Thoughts on that? Um, I mean, a match with two minutes and 15 seconds. What's, what's, what, okay. what, do you want, what do you want me to say? <laughs> it was a match. Um, I definitely think that Dominic and Ray are going to win. Because I think the Dirty Dogs title reign has been underwhelming. The Dirty Dogs. I forgot that. I mean, when was the last time, like, did they ever defend the title on a pay-per-view? No. Because they didn't defend it at WrestleMania. No, they defended it on WrestleMania SmackDown. (laughs) No, they didn't. They didn't defend it, no. So, I I mean, Dominic and Ray are going to win the, the tag titles. It'll at least give the tag division some fresher matchups, like yeah. uh, Street Profits, uh, Dominic and Ray. I mean, maybe Gable and Otis, but I feel like, like you said, it's going to set up for the Usos. And the Usos versus Street Profits is going to slap like nothing has ever slapped before. Have we seen that before? Never. Oh Never my seen god. It. That is a pay-per-view level match right there. Do it. Um... Oh man, now, now I kind of see. Now I kind of want um, the the Dirty Dogs to retain, Street Profits to win, and then we get them versus the Usos. Um, we'll see. Next up, we get Tamina versus Reginald JP. And I thought I heard that wrong when I when I heard it, um, but no, we're getting Tamina versus Reginald. So um, we're seeing, you know, obviously this is part of the storyline between Jax and Shayna Baszler versus them. Um, and, you know, it's a pure Reginald match, I guess you could say. He just evades Tamina. He does the flips, you know, stuff like that. And then Tamina drops with a super kick. She's trying to do a superfly smash, a splash. Baszler and Jackson interfere, disqualification. Baszler stomps on the exposed elbow Tamina uh, before Jackson delivers a smoke drop into the guardrail. Um, and then Michael Cole said that there's gonna be, they're going to have a title match next Friday. All right, JP. Um, I didn't like this. What did you think? What are we doing, man? This is two minutes and ten seconds. <laughs> what is with the two-minute matches, WWE? I don't know. I don't know. 
But again, why are we involving Reginald? Still, and it's not saying like I, I don't think Reginald is bad. Let me make myself clear. I don't think Reginald is bad, but you don't have to include him in every single thing that involves Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Like, there's so much better ways to hype up that they're going to get a tag title match next week. So many better ways. But still. What? This doesn't make it... it, Does this make sense? I mean, were they the number one contenders before Naomi and Lana? I don't don't know. know. Like, I don't know, man. Nothing makes sense. What? What what are we doing? That's my that's my thoughts. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, listen, I just this is I don't know. I just think we need to see Tumi and Natalia win. I don't honestly don't mind them winning the tag team title. I just need some sort of fresh start here with these things because I mean every time, I don't even mind Jackson Baszler as a, as a team really. It's just the booking and the writing has been the creative has been really weird and bad for this. It translates from Raw to SmackDown. Okay, so. We'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes to. Uh, we move on to the 10-man tag team match, as we explained, and Apollo Crews cuts a promo talking about his teammates. He says, you know, King Corbin's strong, and we have Commander Aziz on ringside. We have Ch- Otis and Chad Gable. And then he looks at Sami Zayn, and then he, he, says, he doesn't say anything about Sami Zayn. That was pretty funny. We see the faces do their kind of own sort of thing, and it's great there. Um, I, th- I thought this was, this was a very fun match, personally, for me, uh, especially that ending that, that last couple minutes was absolutely insane. insane, um, And then, but we do see Corbin fly Nakamura with the end of days to, to, to win. The most protected finisher is the end of days. But why they got to be on my boy Nakamura, man? Nakamura keeps getting disrespected, and I don't like it. Other than that, I thought it was a fun match. But man, I don't like when they disrespect Nakamura. I, I still want to see Nakamura versus Reigns. I, GP. Remember that gauntlet match? Dude. Remember that, that gauntlet best, match? That was like the best of times. I, that was, those, those, those were some good memories, huh? We were like, oh my God, they're going to push Nakamura, Nakamura and Reigns in WrestleMania. And then it never happened. But it was a fun match. Chaotic. I love multi-man tag matches because right. they're chaotic. But I know end of day is the most protective finisher in, rest, in WWE. I think it should be because mm-hmm. it's a very cool looking finisher and not a lot of finishers are protected right now. But why is he getting the pin? King Corbin hasn't been seen on TV in a good little minute. So like, are we making him a challenger for the Intercontinental title? Then be heel versus heel? I don't know. James. I don't know. Anybody I might more got to take the pain. Because uh, you can't logically pin Big E or Kevin Owens. Because they are more popular in Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that, okay? I Again, I guess he had to take the pin. Fine. But come on, man. Come on. I don't know. All right, well, move on again. Fun match. We, we then get Roman Reigns coming his way to the ring. Obviously, he's with Jay. Uh, oh, by the way, Jay and Jimmy also have a, a little bit of their own sort of promo backstage talking about like Jay's like, you meant what you said out there, Oos? You, you think I'm a bitch or something like that? And Jimmy's just like, no, bro, listen, remember when we, why don't we be tag team champions? We were dominating that tag team division. Why, why don't we imagine that? Imagine us being tag team champions right now. Why don't we do that sort of thing? 
So we see, but we then see, um, again, Roman and, and Paul Heyman and Jay come to the ring. And then they, they bring out Jimmy. And he says, listen, you know, you got to acknowledge me online. Or I think he said, word for word, or just take your ass home, sort of thing. Um, so then Jimmy comes out. He's torn by the decision. And, he, and then he, like, he looks at his brother and says, didn't you forget what happened at Hell in a Cell? And then he shows the clip of him being, you know, by the way, a great match, by the way, I remember. Um, and it's him, you know, Roman Reigns pulling out an Oscar-worthy performance, crying, and then, you know, he daps up, daps up Jimmy, and then he puts him in the guillotine lock, and then Jay's like, I quit, I quit, I quit, whatever. So, um, so Jimmy, you know, he, he rolls to the floor, and he's, he's going to leave, and Jay kind of follows him. He's like, come on, man, you should, you, should, you should be with us, whatever. And then as that happens, Cesaro comes out of nowhere from behind and attacks Reigns, and then Jay goes to help, but Jimmy's kind of like pulling his arm. He's like, stay with me, whatever, whatever. But then Jake kind of lets go and he, you know, tries to save Reigns, but Cesaro attacks him. And then Jimmy's like, he goes to the ring to defend his family, but but Cesaro takes care of all all three guys. Um, and then he he stood till the close of the show. So, uh, um, good stuff there. I mean, I, I thought it was, a, it was a good ending. You, you can you, even though you think that Cesaro is probably going to lose at WrestleMania Backlash, got to make him look strong for this match, especially kind of like taking advantage of the whole family drama that's happening. So. I liked it. What did you think, JP, of the ending? It felt like a go-home show a little bit. It felt yeah. like a go-home segment. But then you realize that, oh, we got more of this next week. I love what they're doing with Roman Reigns and the Usos. Of course, Jimmy Uso coming back is going to be able to see all the problems with this and going to want to try and snap Jay out of it. It makes sense. Cesaro is a machine, man. <laughs> he took out all three guys and... It makes me want to watch that title match so much more because it's bringing a lot more intensity. And I like that they're keeping the Usos and the Reigns kind of family dynamic as like, to put in video game terms, it's a side quest. The main mission is Cesaro, but side quest is the Usos. That's probably how it's going to stay until the side mission becomes the main quest. It, it makes sense. And that's, what, that's all we really ask. Just make stuff make sense. And they're doing it perfectly here. And like I said, Roman doesn't miss. It just doesn't happen. There you go. So that's going to do it for us here at Yellow and Cell talking about the WWE shows again. Uh, another week of wrestling. And again, Raw starts right now, literally in about five minutes. So we're going to be watching that. Um, and we'll, we'll see if we do the same thing. Or maybe after AEW, we'll do a show about that. Um, or after Monday Night Raw. The day after we do a show about Monday Night Raw specifically, depends what happens. Uh, I think we did that one time when Goldberg returned on Legends Night. I remember we were just like so angry. We just wanted to talk we about just it. Turned right into Goldberg. I remember we texted each other like, "Oh, we got to do a pod tomorrow." Um, so we'll see if that happens. Um, but again, just 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 check out the channel, and then we have other stuff planned there as well. So just check out the, us there. Once again, you can find us at Yell underscore Cell on Twitter, uh, and obviously, if you search for Yell underscore Cell, a pro wrestling podcast on youtube we'll be the first ones there like comment subscribe on our videos uh leave us suggestions add us on twitter what do you want to see more from us tier link tier list list in general top 10 list what do you want to see we'll we'll do it um and you can follow me at zach weinberger on on twitter uh zach with an h w-e-i-n-b-e-r-g-e-r um you, you you can find myself at you press online at you press online on twitter you press online.com doing more stuff there 
some stuff finally gears turning with some stuff for my freelance work at the Jewish Ford. Excited, excited to share, share when that's done. Um, and yeah, man, uh, other stuff that I want to announce that kind of keep, you know, hidden for now until, you know, later in the year. We'll see what happens there. Um, Doge going to the move is the last thing I'll say. JP's Twitter, add Acosta32 underscore JP. Um, plug all your stuff, man. Plug how you got 4,000 likes because of Tim Tebow. Do whatever you need to do, bro. Um, so yeah, Casa32 underscore JP is where you can find me on Twitter. I'm the business manager at the University Press, like Zach said, at UPressOnline, UPressOnline.com. Writing a little bit less now, considering bringing in a new wave of people to the UP. I'm turning into the old man. Jeez. But you can also find me at Big Cat Country. I write a lot about the Jacksonville Jaguars and NFL. They just signed Tim Tebow, which, yeah. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I have a tweet going viral right now because of a meme I made. So talk about Tim Tebow on there. Um, I, you can also find me at Pancake Podcast, something that I started up with my friends. We talk about the offensive line. We talk about the NFL in general. Podcasts come out on Fridays. You should check them out. But outside of that, just follow along, see where I'm going, see what I'm tweeting about. I can assure you that I'm funny sometimes. So. You should check it out. Awesome. And also check out me and Jacob Brown's podcast, The Nerd Pod. A lot of stuff going on. We'll talk about, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier finale, new Venom trailer with Carnage. Should be awesome to talk about there as well. So that's going to do for us. You know, so again, support us, uh, and we'll see you guys next time.